Hey everybody, I hope you guys are doing great. We're so glad to be with you today. My wife, Daisha, and myself, we're gonna be sharing a little bit about life, some ups and downs, some trials, some victories, and some faith in a good God. So I am glad to be here with you. I know Daisha is glad to be with you here on this Mother's Day. So I wanna just take just a second and just thank you all for being so generous over the last month and month and a half. This COVID season, we've seen some amazing acts of generosity. Mm -hmm. And as you know, maybe you don't know, you can continue to give to Hope City. There's three ways that you can give. Actually, you see them right now on your screen. And again, I just wanna say from my heart as pastor of Hope City, thank you so much for being so generous in this season. Mm -hmm. Now, we have a very special time with our worship team, so let's just prepare our hearts to sing out and worship Jesus right now. Believe their faith 
Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for allowing us to just be with you today. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Daisha. Many of you are probably thinking that I'm filthy rich or something that she's with me. Listen, this is how good God is, guys, I'm going to tell you. But this is my wonderful wife, Daisha, and we're here today, and we want to be the first ones to say Happy Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. You have anything to say to them? I just, I'm glad to be here. It's not normal that I get to do something like this. I'm not super great at this, but I am glad to be here and um, on this special day. Yeah. So it is a Mother's Day special. Um, and we have some questions that are going to be coming to us. And we're just going to be very real behind this camera. So you're going to get some honest answers and we'll see where this thing goes. So why don't you guys just start shooting some of these questions? Sure. Okay, Scott and Daisha, which one of you would last the longest if an apocalypse happened? Oh, that's easy. You want to answer? Go ahead. Scott would. Tell them. Tell, tell them why would I last the longest? Because you like the fight and you just want to see how long you're going to sustain. Well, I, and I don't want to. I just want to roll over and die. Yeah. Well, see, that's what would have to happen. I would have to take care of all the kids and she would just be running towards the nearest bad guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I train for this kind of stuff. Like that's my favorite movie genre. If I can watch a good apocalyptic movie, that's like on point. I love it. And I've got a lot of pointers. So if anybody out there wants to prepare for the apocalypse, let's go hang out or something. How about what's next? All right. A little bit more serious question. Scott, what does Daisha do to fill her tank? (laughs) Um, well, she is a very busy person. She is someone who she gets up at 530 every morning and 10 o'clock, you can set the clock by 10 o'clock. She's going to bed. She's out. Um, not 1001, but 10 o'clock. And, uh, so she's really busy all the day, but to fill her tank, I think she likes to run. She likes to work outside in the garden. And if she can paint a piece of furniture at the same time, that's what she enjoys doing. She just likes to be busy. Busy body. Yeah. So, uh, Daisha, same question for you. What, what does Scott do to fill his tank? Um, he finds um, some new activities. Sometimes it's a new restaurant to try uh. or... Um, what are you laughing at? <laughs> or... Um, just we we like to hang out with friends um and entertain he loves to have people over here at the house um but anything that has to do with something um with those that are closest to him i would say not the masses he likes to be with an intimate group of people and that's how he fills himself back up that's cool all right so this is the question everybody's wondering which one of you is the more strict parent oh her she is. It's just, I don't know. I mean, that's not a bad thing. There's got to be one. Like if, if it was both of us were like me, my kids would probably be riding the motorcycle with a pitchfork and a, and a machete 24 hours a day. Um, but you know, who knows, man, I may get spanked before this thing's over with. <laughs> no, but she's definitely the disciplinarian. Yep. 
Cool. That's all we have here. What, what do you have? You have any other questions? In there? I have a couple of questions and we are going to take this thing and we're going to dive into a couple. A couple of questions came to us and really what we want to do here today is Mother's Day is we want to encourage you. And this isn't just singling out moms. This is for everybody. But I really want to hear my wife's perspective in her heart um, because we want to encourage you moms, you wives especially, and uh, we're just going to dive into that for just a little while here today. And one of the questions that was a really good question that came to us was talking about us as a couple. And as, um, as a family, we've gone through some trials. And the question was, how have you gone through those trials together? And how have you done that representing and showing um, our kids that we are together and unified? So Daisha, how have we gone through some of those trials together? Um, I would say probably we have, um, well, we've maintained unity between the two of us. Um, we've not um, let a lot of time go where we were at odds with each other, which definitely happens. We're not perfect. Um, but we have made the effort to um, move past that and understand that we are very different people. We're not the same. We're not the same um characteristics at all but we help to bring out the best in each other and so we don't let a lot of time go where there's a big gap in in how we are connecting we also i think one of the major things is we put our relationship first um before our children and i know that's not it's Popular. yeah it's countercultural, but i do think that as a relationship um, that God has ordained will only spill over and affect your kids positively. Um, and they need to know that, that we, are, um, we are putting each other in the priority of what God has asked us to and that um, they will only benefit from that. Mm -hmm. And then they'll look for that in their marriage partner. Yeah. I and think we make a lot of time to do things together. Um, it didn't matter if it was um, during my treatment time. Um, we make date night a priority um, because I think that we connect differently outside of our family than we do when we're just the two of us. Um, and so our kid is a standing joke that our kids say we go out every weekend, which coronavirus has changed that a little bit, but we still make time. We ate sushi in the car the other night. Um, so it's something that we make as a priority for the two of us, I yeah, think. Yeah. And, and something else that we need to be very real with is every one of us have trials. Every family is going to face a trial. If you're not in one right now, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom or discouraging, but the, the way just life ebbs and flows is we're going to face trials. And so I just want to say this. It's like, I think it's really time for us as Christians to just stop trying to be perfect and fake it. Like we, we're, you're, we have trials and it's okay to talk about them. Like I know that um, Paul says, and I think it's in Second Corinthians where he says that our, uh, in our weakness, like his strength is made perfect. And so I think it's time where we don't have to go blabbing this all over the world, all throughout social media, but I believe there's a group of people that every one of you probably have around you that it's okay to admit that, man, we're struggling. Man, this is a trial and, and I'm not sure really what to do next. So we have just been very open with ourselves like this stinks. This is not fun. And 
I'm not in a good place or I don't know what to do next. We've admitted that to each other. And hey, as a husband, as a man, I know that we don't like to do that, but we've got to get to a place where we at least let the person that we are the closest to in. Because when I can say, man, I'm not in a good place, I'm struggling, there's a little bit of freedom and a weight off my shoulder mm -hmm. that she gets to carry with me. And it's just freeing. So what, do you, what did we do through those trials is we just went through them together. And another thing that I want you to talk a little bit about is we didn't try to hide those trials and we don't try to hide trials from our children. Now, let me just give you a little funny story about Daisha. We've been together for 28 years and um, that's a crazy amount. That's 28 years. Josh, how old are you? 22. Yeah, we've been together longer than you are even been on this planet. All right. So 28 years. And one of our dear friends text in one of our close friends who lives down in Florida, text us a question and comment once she saw our video earlier this week. And uh, she said, 28 years, that's hard to believe because I didn't think that you guys would make it past the first golf tournament because they were inside with us. We stayed in hotels rooms together. We traveled together. They saw what we were from the very beginning. And that's what she said. I can't believe you guys made it past the first golf tournament. But anyway, Daisha has always been the pursuer of me and the relationship and wanting it to be strong. I mean, she was on our first date. I remember back on our first date, February 21st. Uh, 1992. That's how long it's been. That's pretty good that I remember that. And that wasn't scripted. That was off the cuff. And our first date, I remember sitting there in my car in your parking lot. You got to remember, she's a pastor's daughter. So I wasn't touching. I wasn't looking. I didn't even look at her hardly. But when we got into the parking lot and I was going to let her out of the car, she jumped over into my seat and started kissing on me. And that's the way it's been for 28 years. That's why we have four kids. And that's why we have such a span, 18 to 7. She just can't keep her hands off of me. And uh, that's how our marriage has been such a great success over the years. But she has pursued keeping us together. She has pursued and protected our family, our children's relationship with myself. And one of those things, guys, is we've not kept stuff from our kids. Our kids know when we're having struggles. Our kids even sometimes see us fight. And I know that may be like, oh, you're gasping for air that we fight. Yeah, we fight. And most of the time it's my fault, right? But we do have arguments and our kids sometimes are in the room when we're having those discussions. And we've had to sit our kids down and just say, hey guys, we're sorry. Listen, we have some stuff we're going through, but she's protected the unity of our family by not trying to hide things from our kids. Because I think one of the Probably the worst things that we can do is give our kids put doubt and fear maybe in their minds that because they're smart. They know that mom and dad aren't in a good place right now. Let's just talk about it. You have anything to say about that? Yeah, I think that as parents um, and going through trials that are inevitably going to be there, um, that we as parents can do our children a favor by being open, by being um transparent. Um, th there's so many things that we t tend to say, oh, we can't talk to them about that. Um, I remember back when um, in 2018, when I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and did not even really know the details of it yet, but got home from the ER and um, just opened up and said to them, this is what's going on. And we asked for them to pray for me. Um, and it was amazing how they opened up and they just became very part of the fight with us because then they could celebrate with us when 
God did heal me and God did bring us out of it. So it was a trial that involved them. So why not go ahead and talk about it? Mm -hmm. Um, And so as a, as a rule, we, we talk about the hard stuff quite frequently. Um, That's something that Scott is good at. He, he will call the elephant out in the room and they know it and they expect it. So um, that's what we do. We, we tend to talk about the things that are hardest. um, And we even like, we called it cancer. Like we had family that was, I don't know if it was family. Somebody asked us at one point said, are you even going to tell them it's cancer? And we were like, well, yeah, probably because this is part of the, this is part of the journey where God's going to show us how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the answer to the question in one sentence is this, is you have to go through trials together. God put us together. We are one and we go through them together. So if you're a mom out there, if you're a wife or a husband out there, listen, and you're going through something alone, maybe today is the day that you let your spouse in to go through the journey and the trial together. So that's how we're there. But hey, here's the second thing. And this is really fun. This is where I enjoy this stuff. She just said, I like to talk about the elephant in the room. I like to talk about the things that your teenagers don't like to talk about. Because here's the deal. I'm 45. I'm, I've been there, done that. And it's not weird for me to talk about sex. And it's not weird for me to talk about dating and what you should do and what you shouldn't. I actually like it. So here's a question that came in. And it was about how do we talk about those things that you know are putting pressure on your teenagers out there? Uh, the question actually used peer pressure. Um, so how do we talk to our kids about things out in their life? that are putting pressure on them? Well, the question asked, um, how do you, it also said, asked if, um, how do you not be the nagging parent? I'm sorry. How do you, how do you not sound like the nagging parent? Um, and so I would just say that dispel the fear of being the nagging parent. Um, you are ordained by God to be their parent. And so, um, it's not a, it's not a, um, happenstance that this child was given to you. So you have to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit and quit letting fear dictate what you are saying next, what you're doing next, how your, how your, um, your, your decisions with parenting. Um, so dispel the fear of being a nagging parent. Like yeah. you, the, the Holy Spirit's going to let you know when to say something and when not to. Yeah. And, and the thing too is, is, I'm not trying to be their friend. Um, I have a great time with my kids, um, but my number one job is to be their dad. Her number one job is to be their mom. We're called to be their parents, to lead them by example and to be honest with them. And being honest with them produces confidence in our kids. So I am most importantly, I am focused on being their parent and not their friends. So if you're out there, mom, dad, and you're trying to be their friend and you feel defeated and you're struggling in the relationship, hey, I just believe that God is giving you right now, he's equipping you, giving you strength Mm -hmm. to lead and to be their parent. And I promise you with some time and consistency, I believe you'll see the outcome that you've desired all along for your children. Really, we as parents get to dispel the peer pressure because this is a pressure-free zone where we talk about things that they're probably being exposed to out there. Mm -hmm. And we have to deal with them, guys, because our kids are just like your kids, and there's things all around them that they can choose to get into. We just choose to address it 
as soon as we can. Mm -hmm. So I got a question for you. You got something? I was just going to add a couple things about that. Just don't quit dreaming for your kids. Um, that Remember that Romans 8, 28 says that every detail of our lives are orchestrated, orchestrated by God. So there is nothing that he wastes. And <clears throat> these experiences that they are going through, um, less than ideal or even great experiences, we want to maybe protect them from it. And we're actually keeping them from learning what God has in store for them. So I would just encourage you as parents to keep dreaming for them, keep putting in front of them who God says they are, and then continue to remember that every detail, every hiccup in the road is part of his plan part of how he wants to show himself amazing to them. And so just like in your life, you wouldn't want anything different. Mm -hmm. So we pray for that with our kids. We, um, we ask for them to pray for us. We pray over them. And I don't, I don't tell them everything I'm praying for them, but I definitely um, go to the Father and I cry out for them all the time, all the time. That's good. Um, I want you to just say how... I ask this question, how would you encourage a mom that's sitting there watching this? Maybe their kids are running all around the house, but how would you encourage a mom in this day and age? You know, we're homeschooling. Everybody's homeschooling. Um, we've been under some pressure and some stress with the unknowns. How would you encourage a mom that's watching this right now? Um, I would say that your number one relationship is your relationship with the father. Um, it, it doesn't matter the season you're in, your relationship with the Father will reflect how you relate to the people around you. Um, he is pursuing you on all avenues of your life. And we as women tend to um, look to the people closest to us to um, maybe fill a role that God was designed to fill. Um, and how I protect that is I just, I make sure that I spend time with my father every morning. And it's not morning time that's necessary. Um, I can be driving down the road, listening to worship music, and he speaks to me. So it's something that I pursue him because he's always ready to pursue me. Um, and because of that, my relationships benefit. My relationship with Scott benefits because I don't require him to do something that God was designed to do. My relationships with my kids benefit because I'm not putting undue emphasis on their relationship with me and what they can give me. Um, so I would say you need to, you need to look in his word. You need to find time to let him speak to your heart and, uh, don't let anything, don't let anything, uh, come in the way of that being a priority in your life. Um, so that, that would be the number one thing. Um, hope, don't lose hope. Don't ever think that because the situations around you are less than ideal, then that means that hope is gone because it's never gone. Never. And he, just like that verse, Romans 8, 28, he's working in every detail of your life so that, you know, we can be glorifying him and that we can um, have a, a abundant life. He promises an abundant life. So when you feel like your life is less than ideal, I think it's your perspective. Um, and so the only way to have that perspective changed is to go to him and have, let him change it for you. Yeah, it's good because I want to say this to every person there, because my next question is about 
a, for the wives out there. Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to speak negatively. I'm just wanting to be sort of realistic because there's sometimes that I drop the ball, right, as a husband, that I let you down, right? Yeah. I, I'm not trying to, but I want to encourage the wives and the moms and even the dads and the husbands out there right now. But what I want to say is that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for everyone that's sitting there watching right now, is I need you to know this, is that you are very valuable and you're very worthy. And I need you to be infused with confidence right now. Paul says this, and he says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Like You're worth it. And I just want you, whoever you are, to know how valuable you are. Now, you may have messed up. And it may have been something that has caused you to fall repeatedly in the past. Whatever it is, I need you to know that the first thing that we may can do right now is we can get up and we can know that God has forgiven us. You know, I know that wallowing in sin leads to shame. I know that. You may know that as well. But we're going to overcome that because of who Jesus is, all right? So I need you to know, mom, wife, husband, you're worth it, Mm -hmm. and you're very valuable. And the Word says that He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but one of being powerful and one of loving and one of being self-disciplined. So how would you encourage a wife out there whose husband may just not be... um, being the husband that she actually thought she married? Mm. Um, well, just continue to have hope. I mean, there is not hope in the fact that the ideal relationship, that's not the hope. The hope is in that God is creating in you someone who reflects Him. And so if He's chosen your marriage to do that, to mold you and make you into the woman that God created, then accept it and say yes to it. Um, Also other trials, but um, continue um, to pray for your husband. Um, You you don't have to share everything that you're praying about with them, about them for, you know, uh, for them, with them. Um, You just have to go to the father and cry out to him. I was looking through some of my journals, um, trying to find some stuff to, to add today. And, um, I realized I just cry out to him. That's all I do. I feel like I just like pour out my heart. And then he said to me, well, that's what I want you to do. I want you to do that so then I can give you everything that you're asking me for. And so um, I, I continue to do that. And I cry out for my family. I cry out for Scott because I know he's the ultimate one who can, who can change hearts, who can... Um, mold and make. And I can't be the Holy Spirit for Scott. I can't be the Holy Spirit for my kids, but I can be um, his vessel and I can continue to go to the Father for him. Um, So maintain hope. There's just, he has so much in store for us. He has so much um, good waiting for us to discover. Um, So it's a journey um, but as, as that goes, it's, it's fun. I mean, some of it's up and down for sure, but it is a journey. And so keep on hoping that God is at work 
in what he started. He is not finished. Wives, he's not done. So something that I really wanted to have happen today was for you, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, I wanted you to have something. I wanted you to have hope and I wanted it to be real and I wanted it to be tangible. And so I want to just take us just for a minute into the book of Exodus. And if you would just, uh, if you have your Bible there, you can look at this with me. And I want to encourage you with this. Guys, we know that we're in unprecedented times. We know that relationships can sometimes cause stress. We know that we go through valleys and we go through trials. But I want to give you hope today that you can take and you can use it and you can have it because I believe that hope for today gives us endurance for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so in Exodus chapter 16, God tells Moses... And he lets the Israelites know. And listen to what he says. He says in Exodus chapter 16, the fourth verse, he says, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. I bet you there's probably some families right now that you can cry out and just say, God, I need you to rain down provision from heaven right now. And it may be in relationships. It may be with your teenagers. It may be with your job. I don't know. But just like Daisha said a minute ago, when she, woke, when she journals and she writes down, she's found herself just crying out to God, it's okay to do that. Dad, listen, I know we try to be cool and have it all together and fix everything, but sometimes dad's the best thing that you and I can do for our wives and for our children is just to cry out to God. And so here God says that I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are going to go out each day and they're going to gather enough for that day. I love what that says to my spirit. And what I wanted to say to you is that, guys, we don't know what tomorrow holds and we don't have to have all the answers for tomorrow. We've got to posture our heart in trusting God that he is going to give us strength and provision for this day. Mm-hmm. I know I get stressed and when we start to talk about what's coming up, I mean, the reality in our family is we've got an 18-year-old getting ready to be 19-year-old going off to college in about a month. We have no idea what that's going to look for. I mean, we don't know what it's going to look like. Um, but or what we're going to look for. Or what we're going to look for. I hope he's looking for a degree, man. But, but like, I hope that me and you as husband and wife can lead this family and maybe even give some encouragement and lead this community. And I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what the outcome is. But if I trust in his word, I get to rely on the fact that God is going to give me wisdom and knowledge and strength for today. Mm-hmm. And I can rest in that. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to have that kind of hope that you can actually feel in your hands right now. That's tangible. That you can make tomorrow because God is going to give you what you need. So I want you to be encouraged with that. And I'm thankful again for you joining us. I'm thankful for my wife. Are there any other questions out here that you guys have for us? Yeah, well, 28 years, that's a long time. And I'm sure you guys have learned a lot along the way. And I'm sure you wish you knew then what you know now. What would you tell your younger self 28 years ago? (laughs) Daisha would probably tell her 28-year-old ago, or she would say to her younger self, I won't even spoil how old you are, but she would tell her younger self to run for the hills. 
<laughs> Don't go on that first date. Don't say yes. Get out of that Mustang. No. Um, what would you say? Um, I would probably say uh, smile more. Don't be so serious. Have fun. I, have more fun. Yeah. And also, um, now that we are on this side of young kids and teenagers, that I would say that um, your teenagers' choices and even your young kids' choices are not a reflection of you. Mm. Um, we don't have to take that identity on. Um, I think sometimes we, we internalize that and we make it about us, but it is primarily um, they are, they're making their own choices and God has a plan and, and teaching them something completely separate from you. So uh, you're just part of the story. Yeah, that's good. Because when we take on others' mistakes, it can give shame. unnecessary and unwanted, unwarranted shame. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I think for me, and I'm again, I'm going to go spiritual on this because I would love to know, and I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head. You guys help me. I'm 45, 28 years ago. Would that be 27? Help me out. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Sure. 27. Take my shoes off so I can figure this out. But yeah, I'd be 27 years old, man. Um, that's, that's crazy. Um, I would tell my 27-year-old self to have a real spirit-filled relationship with God. Trust that the Holy Spirit is with me in my decision-making, in my pursuits. And again, I'm not trying to be spiritual, but this is where I would go. I want my 18-year-old son to know this, that God is real and he talks to us mm -hmm. and that I can have more confidence. I can have more confidence, like more and more and more confidence as a 27-year-old, knowing that God is actually guiding me into every step and every decision of my life, not only who I married, not only when we're going to have kids, not only my career, but if I had at 27 a true, genuine, passionate hunger for going at this life with God, that's what I would, that's what I'd tell Grady. That's what I tell my 16-year-old daughter. And all the way down to my seven-year-old son. That's what I tell him. Um, pursue God, seek his kingdom first and everything else. So that's not a funny answer. That's just the answer yeah. that is going to, uh, I think, propel hopefully our children to do some amazing things for the kingdom of God and have fun doing it. So, yep. What else? So, so last question. So we're filming this early before Mother's Day. Scott, have you remembered to get something for Daisha for Mother's Day? <laughs> Can you tell me uh, you really got me? Uh, yeah. So here's the deal. I'm such a good husband. I just let my wife go pick her own Mother's Day gift out. And about two, well, about last week, one day, a dump truck showed up in my front yard and dumped out a bunch of stone. Because I told you, she'll paint something. She wants to go run. She wants to work out in the yard. So I got her a, bed, a truckload of stone for our yard. Yep. That's it. So, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's the best gift ever. Yeah, that's good. So we've had a good time with you guys. Hey, husband's wife, continue to communicate. Ask each other these kind of questions mm -hmm. because I promise you, your relationship is worth it. Mm -hmm. Your children will benefit from a healthy relationship. We've had yeah. so much fun with you. Thanks for joining me. We'll do this again. How about that? Oh, you want to shake my hand? <laughs> that's weird. Anyway, we love you guys. Happy Mother's Day and God bless.